Hi everyone and welcome to the FinTech Show, CityWire's podcast looking at the tech developments that are shaking up wealth management and financial advice across the world. I'm Ian Horn, and as usual I'm your host for this one. So today I'm joined by Georgia Stewart who is CEO of Tumelo uh, and one of its three founders too and in case you've not heard of Tumelo it's essessentially a tool that gives investors the chance to engage with the companies they're invested in uh, by letting fund managers know what they would like to vote for or against at company AGMs. So Georgia Firstly, thank you for joining me. It's great to have you here. Um, and to get us started, could you outline the Tumelo story and, and the opportunity that you saw? Well, you've just done it beautifully for me, to be honest. But <laughs> um, yeah, I suppose from our perspective, we are all about connecting underlying investors, aka shareholders, with the companies they are invested in. So if we just take pensions in the UK alone, you've got 25 million people who have been auto-enrolled in what's called a DC pension scheme since 2012. And those people, the majority of them, don't know probably who their provider is. They definitely don't know what funds they're in and they have no idea what companies are inside those funds. And so I guess we are trying to unpick that problem and help people understand what companies their money is being invested in on their behalf and how they can have an impact, not just on their own financial outcome, but also on environmental and social issues and on the communities they care about. Yeah, it makes perfect sense to me. I mean, in the UK, obviously, we've had auto-enrollment, which means people are putting money into a pension probably for the first time, most people, and not even considering where it's going. We're also seeing political issues uh, and all sorts of things being discussed in the news, and yet people are investing in companies that possibly go very much against what they believe in and what they want to do. So, I mean, clearly you're onto something with what you're doing. Um, so an example, actually, I'm gonna, I've got some, some research here that I've done before this episode to see what's, what's actually going on. I think the most interesting I've seen recently was um, Fidelity International threatening to vote against more than a thousand companies in 2022 if they don't make uh, any effort to address climate change and boardroom diversity. So that's an asset manager with almost $800 million under management saying change is needed. And now, I mean, 2022, that's a pretty short deadline. Uh, we've also seen legal and general investment management report that it's increased shareholder engagement by 21% last year with a focus on very similar issues. So times are changing. Um, but to look at Tumali specifically, uh, does it work? Does this engagement actually you know, generate real change? Yeah, so if we take stewardship, stewardship definitely works. That's basically the idea that if you're an asset manager, you may invest in a company, but it's not just about where you allocate the money. It's also about how you engage with the companies you allocate money to. So, for example, if you're investing in Procter & Gamble, how are you voting or how are you engaging with them on their deforestation challenges in the supply chain? Now, stewardship works, and we can see that because where votes are put forward by shareholders and voted for by shareholders, we know that companies has put them uh, those kind of issues into practice in 94% of occasions. So if a shareholder and the majority of shareholders ask them to do something, that thing gets done. So we know that asset managers can direct the, um, the direction of companies. They can influence outcomes in the real economy. So what Tomello is trying to do is get underlying investors engaged in that conversation and help them participate. And we know that those asset managers who are making the difference at companies are listening to what their underlying shareholders say, because when we send them through the vote reports, they are cutting the data in different ways, looking at how their underlying investors are voting across different themes and across different companies, and how that changes by workplace or by demographic. So we know that they're having impact because they are their views are being incorporated into the stewardship frameworks that asset managers are using on a day-to-day -day basis. Okay, and can you think of any success stories? I realize Tumelo is new, you know, relatively speaking, but have you had any kind of big wins for 
shareholders through the process of using two melody ads? So it's part and parcel of an ongoing stewardship process. So to be honest, there isn't one vote that we can point to and say, mm -hmm. you know, that was to mellow users because the asset managers that are making these decisions are taking other stuff into account yeah. as well. And our users don't yet represent 100% of their underlying shareholder base. So they can't just go on the whim of what a couple of shareholders have said. However, if you take the Procter & Gamble deforestation vote, which I referenced, yeah. um, our shareholders through to mellow, 90% of them voted in favor of that deforestation issue. And Elgin, who was representing most of our shareholders at the time, also voted in favor. And they admit that they took the underlying shareholder opinion into account as part of the stewardship process. So there is an example of a vote where our users' opinions did matter and have influence and outcome. Yeah, I find that absolutely fascinating because I think that kind of feedback just wasn't available for fund managers in the past. Exactly. And, and it must really connect them with the people making the investments. But of course, I have to play devil's advocate as a podcast host. I don't think I've got a choice but sure. to do that. <laughs> so, I mean, is there friction between fund managers and investors? Because th there might be a situation surely where the fund manager sees, let's say, to use that Procter & Gamble example, 90% of people want a certain thing and they think they know better. Well, what happens in those instances and has it been at any point problematic? So I guess Tamela is about creating accountability, not friction, if, mm -hmm. we, can, if we can achieve that. Um, we want people to understand where their money is being invested and how their money is being voted on, on really, really important issues like, you know, sugar policy at major food corporates or human rights policies at you know employers that employ 30 million people or you know these these are massive issues that really matter so we want to have accountability in the system it's very opaque at the moment and not very accountable so in many cases two-thirds of cases actually we find that fund managers are voting the same way as our users on the platform and that's great because users can see that their money is being invested and, and kind of managed and stewarded in line with their own values but in one third of cases, even the most progressive fund managers that are working with us at the moment mm. are not voting in line with underlying investors. So there is space for friction. However, mm. we do create a space on the platform for fund managers to tell users why they have voted in a specific way. So if they are voting against a climate change issue, which might on the surface look super obvious, you know, why would you vote against climate change? Well, we create a space for fund managers to say, you know, we have a two year plan with this company and this is a one year plan. So we're not going to vote for this because we don't think it's realistic, for example. And that helps to reduce friction and increase satisfaction for the underlying users, shareholders. Um, and it gives space for fund managers to you know, explain themselves as experts. Yeah. And it seems like the one thing you're delivering there is transparency, yeah. which is you know, whatever your moral stance, whatever your view, I'm sure there's still a very fringe minority that doesn't believe in climate change, for instance. Yeah, definitely. There is at least that transparency there. So, I mean, a question, I've already touched upon this, and I think I already answered it myself, but do you, do you think investors really understand what they're investing in? And then a second part of that question, because I realize what you do is you simplify a lot of the notes ahead of an AGM to actually make them make sense, right? Mm. You can sometimes get these 100-page documents sent out to investors before a vote happens. You know, how important is it to empower people with a just a basic understanding of what's going on? And does that genuinely help drive engagement? Yeah, so these issues, shareholder proposals that are put forward to company AGMs, things like Lululemon, we think you should have a better animal welfare policy. That mm -hmm. would be a typical question. Um, the shareholder will put forward a 500 word argument 
And that gets published in Lululemon's annual general meeting statement. And Lululemon will publish a 500 word response. So there's not actually that much content on the AGM document itself. So it's a thousand words, which is what two pages or something like that. So we will simplify that into something that someone can read in a minute. But generally that just means taking out the financial jargon and putting bullet points in place. So I wouldn't say we're removing that much of the nuance from the either of the arguments and we're trying to keep it balanced or at least reflective of what it looks like on the document at Lululemon rather than coming up with our own story. So in most cases, I actually think users are informed when they're voting on these issues. Um, generally speaking, people will also leave comments on, on why they voted a specific way so they can vote in favor or against an issue and then they can tell the fund manager why, either using our kind of tick box answers or writing their own kind of free form. Mm -hmm. And lots of people are doing that, which shows people are actually thinking about these issues and you know why they think a specific way. It also helps to show fund managers that people are informed so they take the votes more seriously so uh, personally i think that what we're doing is enough from a from a um information standpoint and yeah. fund managers are able to take seriously what the underlying investors have wanted on a specific issue yeah and it's a slightly different question because obviously say you've got 100 people with access to Timelo. some people care deeply about social issues some people don't really care yeah. until they just want to put their money in and forget about it yeah what percentage of people generally do engage with it so it ranges from workplace to workplace or platform to platform. Obviously, we get higher engagement where it's easier to access the Tomello features. So if you've got a robo platform or a trading platform and you build our APIs in, then engagement can be really high. So you could have your entire platform usership, you know, accessing a vote when they get a notification on their screen. Like, hey, do you want to vote on this gender equality issue at Amazon? And it takes 30 seconds to do so. You can imagine there's really high uptake. Yeah. If you have to go through a pension portal, sometimes there's more friction. So as an example, some workforces um, who are, where people have to register through their portal to access to Mellow, we have, say, 20% uptake across a workforce, which is actually still fantastic in the pension space. Often engagement rates are super, super low mm -hmm. and people are only engaging with their pension once a year, for example. And we can get people to come back on a monthly, sometimes bi-weekly basis um, to engage with their pension in a way that they definitely haven't previously. Mm -hmm. and, and do you think engagement generally is going to increase? So, I mean, I've, again, done some, some looking into this. Uh, Barclays Smart Investor recently found that UK investors are looking to raise their monthly investment by almost 20% this year, which suggests to me there's been a real sea change in how people are looking at their investments. And then, of course, we've seen cryptocurrency, we've seen meme stocks, mm. and however shallow some of that investing might be, it does mean you've got people accessing trading platforms for the first time, people actually thinking about making investment return for the first time. And some of these people seem to be very, you know, especially if you look at the meme stocks, they, they, they seem very angry about the way that hedge funds are running things. They want to change the system. They want a new, a new normal, but in a slightly different way. Do you expect this kind of rise of retail investing to drive engagement further? 100%. I mean, if we look at GameStop... In January, their share soared, what, 1,700% or something crazy like that. And that may have been a gambling crisis, but I think you can look at that a different way. And you know, if you, if you look at that as the power of the retail investor who wants to have their voice heard, who wants to be able to influence financial markets, something that feels abstract and bigger than them and out of their control, then putting that um, power in a more kind of constructive, progressive, positive place like sustainability or sustainable investment, I think could be super powerful. So that's what we're trying to do is empower people that have those needs and, and have that urge to 
to make a difference with their money, but do it in a constructive and safer environment. Mm. And I think GameStop is a really good example of a way that that, that could be put to use. And people are definitely going to engage more, especially as they learn about sustainability and generally what investing means. I mean, I would say 60% of the people coming through our platform do not know that their pension is invested when they first land on Tomello. Yeah. So you can't expect those people to engage until they understand those really basic principles. Um, and I guess that's the journey that we're on at the moment. Okay, yeah. And, and something I find interesting about people engaging with their investments is it's conventionally come from a, an ESG or an ethical or values-based stance, right? So I think the people who want to engage in their investments generally are of a particular political leaning, not always the same, mm. but I think there are des- there's definitely some correlation there, right? And, and I'm going to go back to the Fidelity uh, you know, article that I mentioned earlier, um, you know, the threat to vote against a thousand different companies that, that weren't making kind of progressive action. <laughs> the interesting thing about this article, as much as it, I'll, I'll give a bit of an inkling to my political leanings, I read that and thought that sounded quite interesting and quite a good thing, but the comments beneath the article were were actually exclusively negative. Uh, loads of remarks about PC culture, snowflakes, um, you know, and, and, and some people even suggesting they'd like to see the Fidelity CEO, Anne Richards, step down, which is crazy. Um, so would you say Tumela users have a particular political slant? And, and also, is there a risk that people try to kind of aggregate votes from echo chambers? I think this also comes back to education. So that issue at Fidelity, you know, Fidelity are not coming out with a moral stance there. I don't think. I mean, I don't want to put words in Anne Richards' mouth, but they will be saying that because it's financially material, because they've seen Exxon share price suffer greatly over the last decade and longer, because they haven't taken enough action on issues like climate change, and they're being punished by the market for that. And they will continue to be so, even with the changes that have come in this spring, until they can prove that they are actually going to make sea change on these issues. And that's the same for other companies. If you look at Kraft versus Unilever, for example. Anyway, um, I think that we need to educate both sides of the market, the progressive people that, that don't understand why you know, not only morals matter and also the people that don't understand that it's not just about morals, it's, it's also about financial materiality, especially when it comes to climate change, but also other issues like human rights, if you look at Boohoo, for example. Mm-hmm. These are risks to companies. Um, I, I guess to your point around Tamela users, We're seeing 20% of a workforce engage, for example, across lots of different types of workforces, gig economy, to like high street banks, to professional services firms. So I would say that our demographic is pretty widespread. Um, We've got a spread across female and male users. We have a lot of millennials, as you might expect, but there's also a long tail of older users who engage on other issues like CEO pay or gender diversity as opposed to uh, plastic pollution in the oceans, for example. So we are seeing demographic differences in where people are voting and how they're voting. But on the whole, I think it's quite representative and, and we don't see a landslide. I mean, on issues like animal welfare, for example, we often see 50-50 splits. Um, they're, they're quite polarized. Climate change, I have to admit, on the platform, you're seeing 90% of votes go one way and it's the way you might expect. Yeah, yeah, because that's the thing. I think in my head, I've got this kind of nightmare vision of a parlor for Tumelo kind of something like that parlor for investing you know engagement but it seems to me that you've got at least a, a broad spectrum of, of views um so final question for you georgia is, is what's next for tumelo are there any new features you want to build into uh, what you've done to enhance that experience of, of investor engagement yeah there's so much on the horizon for us i mean we are a team of about 25 in bristol so we're small but mighty uh we've got grand plans about u.s expansion uh we'll be doing another raise to fund that in the next 12 months um and in terms of features 
we're a fintech, it's a fast moving market, we need to keep moving quickly, listening to users. We do user testing at least every two weeks, so we're getting a lot of feedback from existing and uh, prospective users on what they'd like to see from the platform. And I guess from our perspective, I would say that on a feature by feature basis, voting is just the tip of the iceberg. When it comes to stewarding a company, it's about the conversations you're having behind closed doors and how you're influencing the market. So working out how to get our users participating in those conversations rather than just the votes themselves um, is the next step for us. Mm -hmm. And actually, I'm going to ask you one more question because (laughs) (laughs) to a typical journalist, always getting one more question in. is this something that you, you're looking to scale internationally? Because, you know, CityWire, we've got listeners across the world, uh, you know, in the States, Australia, Europe, everywhere. Um, is this something that you think would, would have international scope? hundred percent. Yeah. So we are already talking to U.S. platforms. Um, I think, I don't know if you saw the um, engine number one uh, tackle Exxon with their introducing the climate directors, but there's a lot of scope over there. GameStop started over mm-hmm. there. It, it's exactly where we need to be, as well as in the UK serving the DC market. But in the US, for example, they have a very similar setup where it's you know individual pension savers um, and very active retail investor market. There's millions of people, hundreds of millions of people invested in mutual funds in the US who, like people here, don't know what they're invested in and haven't got a voice. Yeah, it's such an exciting opportunity. Uh, Georgia, look, time time is now this time, I'm afraid. Uh, but it was such a pleasure to have you join us on the, on the FinTech show. Uh, so thank you for joining me. Uh, and thanks also to everyone listening at home, in the office or wherever you are. Uh, I'll be back again soon with another episode of CityWire's one and only FinTech podcast. <laughs>